through the foggy woods, peering into the bright autumn moon, the wolfbane blooms in the wolfbane. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. this man grow up here and not hear this story first off now <laughs> everyone tells him it in the five minutes that he's here and he uh, didn't know the story it is a question alex yeah i mean it, it's it's on everyone's mind but he's never heard of it it's it's definitely a conundrum to be sure welcome back though to the monsters versus men podcast this is the bargain basement of the monster podcasting airwaves this week as we try to stay alive we're discussing the wolf man with me today is the silver bullet himself, Alex. Oh, okay. Very, it's very similar. I was going to call you the bloody uh, cane handle, Ooh. Eric. Well, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, Alex, I am excited to get into this week's film. Uh, my, my, my thoughts have changed on it as from immediately watching it to thinking about it more. It, I've kind of had an evolution in the way that I've thought about the Wolfman. Uh, but before we get into that, I had a question for you. If you had to go one-on-one, no holds bar in Moscow, with one of the universal monsters, which one would it be and why? Um, one-on-one, guess, universal monster, who do you got? So round one, universal monster. So it, or if I think if I got to take one on by myself, I feel like it might have to be so one-on-one, I'm not taking on Frankenstein. Yes, I can definitely outsmart that idiot, right? But, mm-hmm. sorry, Frankenstein's a monster. Um, but yeah, if man, he gets pretty... a hold of me, I'm going to be in pieces, mm-hmm. right? And he's got that long grasp. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that's, that's tough. tough. That, that's, like, that's like running away from Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know yeah. if I could maybe do it. I think I could, <laughs> but I don't know. Now that brings me to Dracula, right? He could turn into a bat. He could pop up. He's got stealth techniques. That's not happening either. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now the good thing is, I, I can just like have some, like a like a uh, cross on my chest, and I'm good. So that might be a benefit there. Invisible man, you just gotta find him. I feel like I've got a pretty good strategy on catching that guy. Mm-hmm. I feel gonna, like, yeah, I would just keep you're like use a, one of those nets or nah. I wouldn't do the net. I would just like have the floor littered with uh, like baby powder. And as soon as he steps on that stuff, he's covered in it. He's done for. And then there I, because he doesn't have super strength or anything. So there I am whooping an invisible person's butt. And then what, Wolfman? I I don't think I can compete with a Wolfman, right? That that takes a little too much preparation. I can't, I don't have household silver items to kill this thing with. Yeah. And the mm. mummy, like I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't think I ever stayed awake to the end of those movies. So I don't know how they resolve. But <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But um, so I'm gonna go with Invisible Man. Nice. Well, considering our our month's monster a couple weeks ago, Alex, I think I'm gonna go with the Invisible Woman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a much smarter decision than mine. Uh. <laughs> uh, that probably doesn't count, and we haven't we haven't gotten to creature yet. So, um, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, but you don't want to fight that thing, 
right? Probably not. I don't know. We'll Probably see. not. We'll see. It's a tough choice. It's a tough choice. Uh, if 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 Invisible Woman counts as one of our monsters, that would be my I choice. I mean, she counts. She counts. <laughs> uh, if we're going for like real monster effect, I think you. I think you're onto something with the Invisible Man. There's there's probably a couple strategies that we could use. So. Well, you know, if, if he counts, then she has to count, right? Yeah, probably. I, I feel like, but but then oh. you could also pick the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, because she all she does is scream, you. right? And then so all you gotta do is like push her t- push her over, hit her with something. I don't know. We've never seen her full strength though. Exactly. So so, well, so you she might... could be deceptively strong. I I kind of imagine her as having like. Um, uh, Emperor Palpatine powers potentially with Ooh, that lightning bolt hair. I can just see her starting to shoot lightning bolts out of her hands and being crazy. So you, you've made you've made you've made some pretty good good points. But you know, there's also characters like Igor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Igor. I feel like I could take him, but but also Igor feel like he would like true monster. Yeah, sneak up on me. <laughs> a little bit probably probably <laughs> well let's get into this one alex um and we'll we'll see if we're we're a contender against the wolfman shall we yeah <laughs> the widely thought of as the original universal werewolf film the wolfman actually builds off its predecessor werewolf in london my question to start things off then alex is why does the wolfman earn its acclaim while werewolf in london is forgotten but contains much of the same. Mm, that is a good question. And, you know, maybe not completely unwarranted, but at the end of the day, I do think that this film is hands down better than Werewolf in London. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't even think it's within question. Uh, th- there's a few standout characters here, which is, you know, more than I can say about the other film. Um, and then the set pieces in the forest here are just so great. Um, I just really like those moments. All that fog and stuff is just <laughs> aesthetically yeah. just the fog itself looked awesome. I kind of awesome. wish more modern films use real fog because it feels like a lot of times it's just CG fog, right? Oh yeah, you don't actually it see it moving with them unless it's yeah. for like a dramatic moment, like where they pop out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know. Lon Chaney and his performance has really sold me on his place in the Universal Monster Hall of Fame with this one. Now, that might sound like I have a lot of praise for the film, um, and I do, but there's also some pretty big negatives here for me that I'll get into a bit more later, I think, but I I can't help myself. I am going to quickly go on one. Like, how have endings come full circle? Like, yeah. we started with rushed endings, and now we get another rushed ending. Hmm. Like, uh, I thought we were over this. Like, it's been a while since we've run into this issue, and here we are again. I'm kind of disappointed with that aspect of it, but before I go into that, like, I want to know what you thought of the film, you know, in comp- comparison yeah. with uh, Werewolf in London. Well, yeah, I, I might disagree with you about the ending. Uh, I, I want to see what your complaints are first, but... Um, I do think this is a better film than Werewolf in London. I have some reservations about it as well, but those reservations have lessened as the week has gone on. Um, This is one, Alex, where I watched this one earlier in the week, earlier than I normally do, and then we're recording later (laughs) than uh, we usually do. And over the course of the week since I've seen it now, 
I've actually enjoyed moments of this film more and more. Um, and so I'll start with some of those moments. I think we got to look at this film as a tragedy. Uh, and I think when we do, it succeeds and becomes an interesting portrait of mental health and the potential for inevitable self-destruction. And I think this film makes this pretty clear. I don't think I'm really stretching things here or, or really stating anything that's hidden. Multiple times, it relates lycanthropy, which is werewolfness, Alex, mm -hmm. to mental illness or schizophrenia specifically. And we do see aspects of this in Larry's transformation. I, I find it compelling, too, that Larry is experiencing a sudden change in his life with moving back into this town after the traumatic event of losing his brother. Uh, we can assume that even though Lon Chaney Jr., he looks about 45, he's not. <laughs> uh, I, I looked up how old he was. Um, he's not that much old. He's, he's, he's like 35. Wow. He's not old. I know. He looks older. I can't imagine him being 35, but he's, he's pretty young. He looks older. But we can imagine that his character, Larry Talbot, is a bachelor, uh, I would guess, you know, in his you know, late 20s, early 30s, a common time for mental illness to rear its head. And the tragedy in this film is that there's nothing that Larry can do to change that fact. And there's also no one who believes him. As Maleva says uh, and reiterates at the end that it was inevitable, right? It was predestined for this to happen to him. But over and over again, Larry tries to warn others, his father, Gwen, and not one person that cares about Larry actually believes Larry. The only ones who believe Larry are the ones that are actually harmful, the ones that stigmatize him, the townspeople, who just don't understand his situation. And of course, the end in which his father, Talbot Sr., kills his son with the weapon that his son basically asked him to use against him yeah. is that much more tragic because he didn't realize what he was doing and he can't even recognize his own son. Yeah, yeah. Uh I think these are great performances here. Mm -hmm. And it really does, I think, illustrate the, the fall of Lawrence pretty well. Uh, you know, he's being gaslit almost by the specter of this wolf that he killed initially, you know. He knows he killed a wolf, but then everyone around him is telling him that he killed a man. And it's yeah. just, you could tell it's weighing on his mind. He starts to wonder... Like what really happened, but he's pretty certain, but nobody agrees with him. Like you mm -hmm. said, no one he cares about. And it's just these weird moments for him. And then when he becomes a werewolf, he essentially has these blackout moments where he doesn't seem to know what he's done, but he does know it's probably not good. And I actually thought these were really excellent moments, especially when in contrast with my initial opinion of uh, Lawrence Talbot <laughs> in the early moments. Uh -huh. Um, I actually thought he came off pretty creepy. Like this man could easily be a serial killer <laughs> during some of these, you know, quote romantic scenes, yeah, right, I guess right. you would uh -huh. maybe say they were supposed to be, um, with Gwen, but I was so put off by his character initially that I think it's really a testament to the writing and the narrative of the film. And of course his performance that I end up feeling really bad for him. And I really kind of, oh, yeah feel his pain and anguish. I, I, he plays it out up so much on his face and just every aspect of his performance after these initial moments that I don't think quite landed. Um, I think he knocks it out of the park after that. And it it's pretty 
impressive that they make me flip an, a first impression quite as much as they did. Now, mm-hmm. Eric, I, I did mention that I didn't like the rushed ending. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you that even though I don't like the rushed ending, I, it doesn't mean I didn't like the content of the ending. Mm-hmm. I like that we have you know this shot at the end that exactly mirrors um, uh, yeah that Daddy Talbot killing <laughs> Lawrence Talbot like when he uh-huh. killed um, Bella and yeah that was so cool to have that almost it's not the exact same shot but it's very it's similar, similar right it's yeah. through the tree we got that little cutout and it's just it's awesome and I love that moment. But I feel like we don't get to sit with like you know the horror of this moment of not listening mm-hmm. to this to this guy who's telling everybody what's going on because it's just like everything about it is so cool and I was so glad like cinemato- cinematography was resurrected for this film yeah. uh, because you can see a lot of the creativity squeaking out of this one like it, it's kind of everywhere like yeah. much like some of the earlier movies were um, but I do feel like this ending. It just uh, it doesn't quite cap off in a way that satisfies, and instead just kind of had me looking around like, uh, it's over. Like that was it. It it just reminded me so much of that Dracula ending and of that initial Frankenstein, that first Frankenstein ending. I'm just like, what was the what's with this? Well, I'm wondering if this sort of complaint that you have might be something that I noticed as well, which is just the lack of the Wolfman, right? Like mm. uh, for a horror movie we don't get much horror really if we're looking at screen time. Um, We also, the the ending might feel rushed because, you know, the last time we see Larry Lawrence before he's Wolfman at the end is when he's strapped to a chair and we don't know how he gets out of that situation. Right. We don't see that second transformation. Right. Right. Um, And so all of a sudden he's just Wolfman again and he's out there though. I wonder what that would really add uh, to the film uh, if we did see that. Like, we would get a couple more moments, yes, but I don't know. Like, there's also a case to be made, I think, for having him out there. We The last time we saw him, he was... Tr- we, we don't really need the film to show us that. We know that he's escaped because he has super strength and he's just... That wasn't going to contain him ever, right? Mm, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen... Honestly, I don't know if it goes with like with the lore of turning into a uh, werewolf, but I would have loved to have seen like that last scene. Like he's like in anguish and like almost trying to mm. fight it, like just like kind of like begging for it not to happen. Good, I I think you're right. I th- so good. I like that. Um, <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been really cool. Uh, and I think that might help with some of the other issues that I have with the film which I think are intertwined with some of the interesting ideas that I mentioned before about mental illness. There are some compelling questions that this film is asking, but where I think the film falters is diving into that psychology and duality of Larry. There's a few times in the film um, where there's this mention of the good and bad in every man. Uh, I don't think uh, life is that simple, right? And mental illness is definitely not as simple as good and bad, black and white. And yet, unless you count his creepy behavior toward Gwen that you mentioned when he first meets her, Larry's character is pretty pure. Um, He's a likable character. 
and we don't see any cracks that indicate some other side. There's no psychological development of his character that makes me buy his turn towards the dark, except for the supernatural, which is fine. But I just think, I think you're onto something there. I do think a scene where we see him trying to resist that a bit more, um, where maybe we see a couple cracks in his character's character where he's not the wolf man would have been interesting and added more of this hmm. psychological complexity to his character. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would have liked to have seen that because it does the, the, the movie does delve verbally. I would mm-hmm. say with like, you know, black yeah, it and white. Yeah. <laughs> right. It tells us. And I, you know, it has a really great quote in it and this is going to be my, I'm going to go ahead and jump to one of my awards. Uh, my favorite line award. Um, he says, uh, this is Sir John Talbot. And he says, Larry, to some people, life is very simple. They decide that this is good. That is bad. This is wrong. That's right. There's no right and wrong and no good and bad. No shadings of and grays, all blacks and whites. And then Larry says, that'd be Paul Montford. Um, and then Sir John Talbot has like my actually best line he says exactly now others of us find that good bad right wrong are many-sided complex things we try to see every side but the more we see the less we sure the less sure we are Mm. now you ask me if i believe a man can become a wolf if you mean can it take on the physical traits of an animal no that'd be fantastic however i do believe that most anything can happen to a man in his own mind Mm. and i i love that I mean, it's cool. That's a cool way of reflecting (laughs) back on it. That's that's a cool line. Yeah. And I I do wish the film with Larry's character maybe did dive in more to the many sided thing, but I do think it's got some interesting things to say that are still relevant. You know, we all, we've all seen, and we've all fell into traps of things, seeing things that are complex as too binary. Mm -hmm. And so I, I found that line to be remarkably important, but also, I wish delved into a little bit more. Uh, Larry, like I said, I think maybe his grayness for me would be the beginning because it didn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. I don't much. think. Because yeah, he is I trying agree. to get a woman to cheat on her fiance even after uh-huh. he knows, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it somehow it still doesn't really feel too malicious. No, um, I did liken him to a serial killer earlier, so I can't say it didn't feel a little bit that way. <laughs> Yeah, I just I think that's our sort of lens on it, and I don't think like that's the intent. You know what it's I mean? Not, it's not. So <laughs> it's not. But I, so I do like that it plays with that, um, and I do like that we find out that the people who kind of did take things binary, right? Well, you can't be a wolf man because that's fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. That's not real. But then they've got someone telling them these things, and they've decided to only believe things i guess within their realm even though someone they trust is telling them otherwise so i i do find certain elements of it i just wish it capitalized more on that and also the horror uh it didn't like you said delve into it quite as much i don't know if i needed to see the wolfman more but i definitely needed his presence to be looming a bit more Mm. there need to be that threat that you know someone could go at any time but the good thing is, like, unlike our previous werewolf movie, I, I, we do have a couple memorable characters. Um, I think that Mal- Maliva is actually pretty interesting. Maleva? Oh, yeah. Maliva? Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, Lon Chaney's werewolf is awesome. But I do think it actually drops the ball a bit with Gwen. Um, yeah. her moti- her, some of her motivations are, they, they, they work okay, but what she does at the end of the film doesn't quite make any sense. Like, she's running through the woods and just, like, ignoring everything, even Maliva, who's trying to help her. And it just feels like she kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's, I don't know, it feels weird. And then some of the other character, other male characters, like the inspectors and stuff, I don't feel mm-hmm. like they quite have enough depth to them. No. Even if I do kind of like them when they're talking with uh, Talbot Sr. Yeah. No, honestly, though, Alex, I, I'm with you with Glenn's character. I don't think Glenn's character is developed as much as some of the others. And, you know, as I'm, as you are reading that quote again, and as I'm, as I'm reflecting again on, on this movie, I I'm, I might be even going against what I said before uh, <laughs> about Lon Chaney Jr., not or Larry Talbot, his character, and the way that he shows no cracks, really. Like, he doesn't have this obviously malicious side. Maybe that's actually a good thing for the film because <laughs> you don't see that gray side, right? And so it makes it a little bit more complex in a way that we can't put the pieces together, right? Um, Like we don't see the other side of him. And so we're left wondering and and kind of left in the dark a little bit, just like these other characters are that don't believe Larry. Um, So I think that's interesting. Uh, I think there's other interesting contrasts in this film too um, that caught my attention. You mentioned that the cinematography is the resurrection of cinematography in the universal monster uh, universe. Mm-hmm. And I, I you got to give credit to the director Wagner here. I mentioned before that we have the black and white and good and bad contrast, but I also see contrast between the domestic and the wilderness, the cluttered versus um, the open, right? Sure. And, and maybe even if the complexity of character isn't included like I would like, I think the complexity does come in the direction and the fabulous sets. I think about two sets in particular, the antique store that feels just claustrophobically cluttered. (laughs) (laughs) There's just these sharp angles and business everywhere, right? And that's very contrasted with the open, smooth, and foggy backdrop of the forest wilderness. That fog and wooded area, while spooky, also feels liberating to me after being contained (laughs) in some of these other sets. And while it does represent the, quote, bad side of man, there's also a freedom in that nature, that embrace of this primal instinct. So maybe there's also some complexity there, Alex. Yeah, interesting. I like that, Eric. That's not something I even considered. Yeah, as I said, the more I've thought about this film, the more I've liked it uh, and the fewer sort of gripes that I have with it. Um, Though I do think, a couple of the gripes that we've mentioned are valid. Now, uh, on, Eric, yeah, we, we've talked, we, 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 we've done this on some other episodes where we kind of have revelations on the podcast. <laughs> so do you, do you think maybe let, even though we didn't get the gray of Lon, of, um, of Lon Chaney's Wolfman, do you think that maybe the commentary, you know, we do, we, we do get mental illness brought up on, right? A yeah, lot yeah. in here. Do you think maybe it is more even about the like kind of the suffering in silence aspect of it? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, again, that's another layer. <laughs> I, I mean, I swear that's where I think the tragedy comes in, 
right? And I think I think I'll touch on this a bit more in our compelling characters. But yeah, I think there's something absolutely tragic with the father character, Sir Sir John Talbot, um, that is just incredibly devastating when you really start to think about it. But before we get into those characters, Alex, MVM Plus today on MVM Plus. We briefly get Alex's take on the Batman. We'll, we'll do a full review soon, I'm sure. But we get Alex's take on the Batman that he saw over the weekend. I share my quick reviews of some Oscar nominees, of course. <laughs> I gave Alex a podcast recommendation. And I have my own Dragon Ball Z hot take that absolutely can't be missed for all for everyone that loves our Dragon Ball Z commentary. <laughs> Every single person. For everyone out there right now that loves our Dragon Ball Z commentary. Um, and we also had at least a couple minutes of baby names. <laughs> for all of you really wanting to know if you want to jump in the NVM Plus or not. Yeah. Jump in. We might have a vote and you can maybe help name my baby. That'd be great. That'd be great. Right now, <laughs> right now, Keanu is is our is top a front choice. Runner. Yep, yep, Keanu yep. is a top is a front runner for sure. <laughs> All right, let's get into our staple awards, Alex. Compelling character award. Um, who'd you have for this one? I gotta give it to Maliva. She mm-hmm. is so great. First off, I could hardly understand her the first time she said her little poem thing. Yeah, but I totally got it by the end. It was pretty yep. cool, and I actually oh, it's, like it's coming back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, but really, her character is actually caring despite having almost like an ominous presence in the film. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, every time she's around, it's like death is around her, but she's always doing something good, right? She's no. trying to yeah, protect she's somebody. Character. She's trying to help somebody. And she's once like again, also- Alex. It's that it's that you know the the world isn't working in black and white, right? Ooh, uh, maybe she's she, the embodiment of the gray. Well, she, I mean, she she is just like on, on the surface, you see her character, and you you think she has to be malevolent. Her name is Madame Maleva, right? But <laughs> right? that's a pretty bad. That's a pretty villainous. Name. <laughs> it sounds villainous, <laughs> but she doesn't do anything villainous in the film, really, right? No. Um, She's trying to help. She has sympathy for these characters, which I find interesting. Yeah, I mean, she was trying to save Gwen from uh, from the the Wolfman. So, I mean, every time she shows up, she's usually doing something good. She's trying to get somebody back to normal. But the only thing she doesn't do that, uh, and probably with warrant and probably from life experience, is she doesn't tell anybody about it. Right, like she knows for a fact, but she probably has already been dismissed before with the previous werewolf. Yeah, who I still don't understand why he was an actual wolf, um, but we won't get into that because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it was a little um, strange. Maybe he's further. He's been a wolf man longer, and it's how the transformation eventually evolves. We'll see. I can I appreciate know. that. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> take that explanation. <laughs> take that uh, what about you? So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great choice. Madame Maleva is great. As I said, though, I want to talk a little bit about Claude Rains as Sir John Talbot, which, by the way, shout out to to Claude Rains, right? Like, um, great performance. We saw we haven't really for seen real. him except for Invisibly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But here we get to see him um, in a great performance, I thought. He's great. 
here's the thing about his character and what makes him so tragic. And I think there's actually an interesting parallel to Madame Maleva that you mentioned, Alex, in that on the surface, I think Sir John Talbot wants to do the right thing. He seems like the nice guy. But virtually everything that he says to Larry is damaging to Larry. He he feels like he's welcoming him in, and yet time after time he's not listening yeah. to the full situation. He's trying to take care of the situation. He's trying to avoid the situation. Um, he's mm-hmm. trying to use his his prestige and his position to get out of this position. Yeah. And ultimately it just hurts his son further, right? Uh, Maleva is interesting because of what happens to her son. She loses her son as well, Bela, um, which I, I didn't know, pick up. I, yep, I didn't, I didn't pick that up. That was her son. That was her son, which I didn't pick up the first time either, Alex, uh, because I didn't understand her poem the first time that she said it um, in relation to her son as well. Uh, but then huh. it's interesting parallel to Talbot Sr., who loses his son as well, both tragedies. And then we'll just go ahead and transition into most memorable line then, Alex, with Maleva here. Uh, my, my line comes from Maleva, and it is that poem. And mm. I just love how it comes back around. I love what it says. Um, so I'll just read it to us. It says, The way you walked was thorny, though no fault of your own. But as the rain enters the soil, the ra- the river enters the sea. So tears run to a bre- predestined end. Your suffering is over. Bela, my son, the first time she says it, now uh. you will find peace, right? <laughs> I-, I just think that's so well said. I like this idea of predestination, um, not in a necessarily spiritual way, but just in a, there was nothing that you could really do to get out of this curse that has been inflicted upon you. Um, It had to run its course. There was nothing you could do to get out of it. Um, And it's a tragedy, right? That's that's all we can say about it is it's a tragedy. And yet it comes back around with her son, Bela, and then uh, at the end for Larry um, with his father there present. So uh, there's a bunch of cool full circle type of stuff happening there. Um, that I really loved. And I love that contrast between those two characters as well. Well, Uh, uh, Black and white sort of playing with that idea again. There's so much we could go into more, Alex. (laughs) It it really really gives her character even more depth, though, because Larry killed her son, right? And she forgives him and even tries to help a bit. Mm. Um, Mm. And so that's pretty interesting. That's cool. As well. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> that's another really cool part, right? Is and it's also yes, yes. She well, she, why does she forgive him though? It's because she fundamentally understands this nature. Right. She fun, fundamentally understands that, like even that human side that killed <laughs> the wolf <laughs> had those predestined tendencies, right? There's nothing that he could do in that moment. And so she was able to forgive him and ultimately try to help him, try to save him. Um, so, yeah, really cool characters. <laughs> look, at that. look at us, Eric. Look at us. But my memorable line, I mentioned it earlier, but I'm going to give you the, oh, the snippet that is like the line. I say mm-hmm. it's we try to see every side, but the more we see, the less sure we are. Yeah. I find it yeah. so relatable. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, 
Yeah. Maybe that's how I am with this film too. <laughs> the more I've looked at it, the, the more my like gripes have kind of, uh, they, they haven't held up as much. So no, I think that's, that's, it's so true. The more it's like, you know, the, the wise man, uh, mm-hmm knows that how little he knows <laughs> basically exactly. and mm-hmm. and that's what he's saying here and i think that's true uh, in this film and in life so great great choice what about your can't believe the acting award i got you know i've been praising them all episodes so it'd be bad if i didn't just give him this award lon yeah. cheney as lawrence talbot i think he's excellent he portrays that descent into what might be madness to other people from the outside but mm. it's just like complete panic and just uh, a man falling apart because he just can't quite understand what's happening around him. Yeah. And I think he does a great job. Like I said, I felt like he was a little creepy at first. I did. But I think he (laughs) works out and becomes a very, very sympathetic character and very likable, actually. Mm. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he falls into the role. Uh, It's a little, it was a little rocky for me at first, I thought as well. But by the end, you're you're on board with that character and his presence for sure. Uh, My can't believe the acting award actually, though, goes to uh, our guy, uh, Bella Lugusi. (laughs) Alex. <laughs> yes. Oh, Mr. L- Mr. Goosey himself. No, but honestly, Bella Lugosi does a fantastic cameo performance here as Bela. Yes. <laughs> um, which is funny. But <laughs> it is. honestly, his performance is great. The reaction that he has when he sees the star, um, you feel that, like, like that might be the most horrific moment of the film actually like you start to feel that sort of dread that a horror film can bring in when he has this reaction to that star knowing that this is his next victim and he tells her to leave great acting such a small role um but i'm really glad that we saw lugosi in this role can't believe that acting goes to him yeah he's great it's good to see him again it was yeah. even better, maybe, and this, I don't mean it sounds condescending as it might be, but it was good to see him in a small role, actually, yeah. as well, because yeah, we really was... got to see some other characters have the spotlight. For sure. What about your, oh, that's a good shot award? You got to give it to the cane beating. <clears throat> and not even cane beating one, cane beating two. <laughs> um, <laughs> when when uh, Talbot Sr. is like... Uh, Killing what he doesn't realize yet is his son, and it does the it does the shot through the tree. Like that was the moment I was like, "Oh, he's definitely going to kill him." And there's like, it's a complete flip, or not flip. It's a complete reimagining, I guess, of the first shot where Larry kills Bella. And I thought it was a very cool use of that moment. But also, I, I appreciate that they didn't do the exact same thing like with the same tree and all that. Mm-hmm. But it is, I just love that it has that meaning. First off, it's cool because it's like silhouettes, but yeah. also it's cool because of the meaning behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not like a shot for shot remake, but it is reminiscent right. of, of the first killing for sure. Um, my Oh, That Good Shot, That's a Good Shot Award is an, a, kind of an iconic shot. And it's just the shot from the fog the first time we see the wolf man walking in the fog on his tiptoes uh, and it slowly zooms up to see his full body it's just cool um 
I, I love uh, that's something that's added to this film and added to this performance is that Wolfman walk that is iconic. Um, we didn't get that in Werewolf in London, but we we get that here, uh, and it was awesome. Uh, I love the the moments that we have Wolfman on the screen, uh, even if we don't get him as much as I would like. Yeah, that makeup looks good. That makeup looks real good. Yeah, that'd be a standout effect award if we uh, had it. Still do that one. <laughs> uh, unique award. I- I'll go first, Alex. Okay. It plays on something that that you've mentioned a couple times, and it's a come on a bit too strong award, mm. <laughs> and that definitely goes to Larry Talbot. Um, I don't know why you start your <laughs> start your conversations <laughs> off with revealing the fact that you've been spying on a woman um, by telling her where her her she last placed her earrings, Alex. <laughs> uh, a little bit <laughs> yeah, strong, a little, a little bit creepy. Um, yeah, it's definitely coming on a bit too strong for me. So he gets the coming on too strong award for sure. What about you? Oh yeah. I mean, he he did, he did. I mean, when you come off as a mild, mildly like a serial killer, <laughs> might be an issue. Might be an issue. Might be a bad yeah. start. Um, as for me, I had the anything you can do, I can do better award. I give that to um, <laughs> Talbot Senior. Um, he outpaced his son in the beating category um, and killed him. I mean, that's he, harsh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> he really killed him in that competition. Wow. So, wow. Dang, Alex. Good job, Talbot Senior. That was a cruel and dark award. You, you trounced, you, you, I mean, he trounced his son in more ways than one. Wow. Uh, all right, Alex. Final thoughts and tiered rating. Um, I, I'll, I'll go first. I'll yeah, go first. Uh, mm. See, I've only seen this today. I mean, I had to re- I'll, I'll get into it when I do my review. All right, all right. <laughs> well, I watched it uh, a week ago. Literally, I watched it a week ago. And as I've been reflecting on it this week, I've enjoyed it more and more. Um, and through our conversation, I've just appreciated more and more of what this film, I think, is trying to do. I think it started off... Uh, as a gamma tier, but ne- an upper gamma tier. But I think I'm in the lower Godzilla tier category for me. I, I think some of the the complaints that we have are valid. I don't think you can say like this is a perfect film uh, by no. any stretch. I, I think we've got some issues with the lack of Wolfman for a horror film. Um, we just needed more of that. I think you're right about some of the characters that you mentioned, specifically Gwen. But the more I think about the leads and the more I think about some of the ideas um, that this film is playing with, I haven't, we haven't even mentioned the music, which is great in this film. Um, the writing is fantastic. Your standout line, my standout line, those are just great pieces of writing. Um, yes. So I love all of that. Um, I So I to me, it's got to go into that Godzilla tier, even if it's not a perfect film. Um, and that's that's... Better than I thought I was going to to rate it a week ago when I immediately finished it. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts, though, Alex. Yeah, I mean, this is one for me when I finished it today. Because <laughs> so I watched half of it last night, and mm-hmm. I'm just worried. I've had a long week, but I've just I've been going everywhere 90 miles an hour. So I was like, I gotta get this done. I gotta watch this movie before because I've already pushed it to the last minute. I started watching it last night. I was like, I'm exhausted. I can't do it. 
<laughs> and I think part part of that is because it the, honestly the film it does start out slow and it goes yeah. for a little too long before we get to the the meat. Um, and then I tried again today, and I fell asleep, and I had to pause it, and I fell asleep right before the good stuff again. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, ah. Uh, but then I sat and I watched the whole thing all over again because I know I go. wasn't doing it justice. Yep. And I, I came away from it, like you, Eric, very similar boat. It was a, it was a gamma tier. CC even asked me what I thought about it then. I was like, ah, it's all right. Like, it was, definitely wasn't bad. But yeah, just, uh, I don't know. Like, the ending is so off-putting, quite frankly, mm-hmm. that I think it really colored my view of some of the other the movie. But now... Now that I've had this time on the podcast <laughs> to digest the movie, <laughs> uh, which is always fun whenever it does happen, um, I'm really, I'm like you. I'm moving it up from a camera to a, it's probably the, my lowest of the Godzilla tier, but there's a lot to this movie, a lot more than I gave it credit for when I was watching it. Yeah. And a lot more to maybe a couple more of the characters than I thought. Um, yeah. And so I've got to give some pretty big props to those elements. I am disappointed that like the Gwen character doesn't really come to fruition. She feels like a pretty strong character initially, but then there's never really any change or growth for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, with all these mental illness questions that were in terms of what the film is tackling or maybe saying about it, it's really giving me a little bit more to chew on and maybe more to appreciate with what, was being said or maybe trying to be and be said and i gotta give it to the godzilla tier because i mean we fi- we finally get some great effects some great cinematography i just wish that ending wasn't a thud and the movie should have started a little bit quicker yeah i think it's valid i think that's good uh so next week alex we have rhyme time ghosts of frankenstein what you got oh i didn't even think about it um oh oh okay uh-huh. Uh, when we're, re- re- when we're visited by Frankenstein's ghost, what character will we love the most? I just hope that it is not, oh golly, that's bad. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say post. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. You, you what? Cause I don't Oh, Oh, I know. You, you, okay. Let's just hope that it's not slower than the post, which is, uh, the male. For those of you that don't know, oh my there you gosh. go. There you go. No, actually, that was a good, that would be that would be good. Uh- <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Don't worry. I whatever just happened on the podcast, I edited my rhyme to make sense, and now it sounds uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein's ghost. Will it be the film we love the most, or will it be as tired as some of these co-hosts? We'll find Whoa. out next week. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Did you come We're up de- with that or did you write it out? No, I just came up with that. We just, I just came up with that. Wow, uh, we are definitely, uh, we definitely are a little tired, Alex. <laughs> definitely. But that late. sometimes makes for a better episode. So <laughs> yep. as always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. We want to hear from you. Email us feedback at nvmpod at gmail.com. Or give us uh, feedback on nvmpod.com. I'm curious what 
everyone thought about our discussion specifically about Wolfman. Did you have some of your initial reactions were the same as ours? Has the film grown on you over time? Send us your thoughts and we'll read them on the show. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM under, underscore pod. You can become a bargain base my at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, host chats, and baby name roundtables. And if you can't help monetarily at this time, a review on your favorite podcasting platform always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kama Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Sunura Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, don't... <laughs> Uh, maybe I shouldn't do that one (laughs) (laughs) and try to stay alive Mafia wake up wake up you have created a monster and it will destroy you Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that's tough. That's like that's like running away from Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know yeah. if I could maybe do it. I think I could, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs>